Welcome to episode 34 of It's Server Time. This is going to be a very special episode as we are changing up the formula for it. We are going to be doing a post-tournament draft. So what we're going to be doing, uh, as of course I am joined by my normal co-host with Mix, Note, Pronogo. I've given them introductions before, and let's just get into the introduction of the concept here, which is we're drafting players. It's a snake draft, so what that means is we go one, two, three, four, and then four, three, two, one. So basically, if you're first pick, you get the first pick and the eighth pick. It's general drafting procedures if you ever do a fantasy league of any sort. And uh, that's pretty, I mean, there's really not much to it, but you're trying to have roles. Uh, the, the kind of the rules to that go with this are that roles obviously matter. You need to have an in-game leader. You need to have, and you. It doesn't matter what language they speak. Like they, they can all. They're all just going to work together. Okay, so it would be too limiting to just like make it. Oh, all the certain players of one team can't even speak English, and then it's just boring because then everybody basically just goes for international English speaking teams. So everybody can speak every language. I think that's pretty much it. And and um, for this one, we are. Did did any of you guys wait a second? Actually, I, I didn't ask this before, but did any of you guys want people from the play in? Because I was not going to use anybody from the play in at all. Mm, not particularly. No, the only, that's fine. Okay, the only person I thought would be Josh is picking people from complexity, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's all right. See, yeah. This, there's OC available on the main stage, so I can make it work. Yeah, exactly. You you still got it. You still got that for going for you. All right. So we got that mm-hmm. out of the way. I think those are the rules. This is a work in progress, as in, if if this goes badly, we'll fine-tune it for another big event, or even if we want to do it again. We'll see. We'll find out. So, we did the draft order off of the broadcast. Pernogo, do you want to read what the who's drafting when? Because this was an RNG, and we all watched it happen. So, Pernogo, you read it. Completely random. Yeah. Completely it's, random. It's completely random, which is it's how you know. You know it's random, random because Maui Snake is going to go first, <laughs> followed by producer <laughs> Pernogo, and then rounding us out on third is Note, and last is Mix. So, that'll be yeah, the so order. In the original list, I was first. Just want to point that out. We re no original list. I don't know what fourth. original... What original? Yeah, list? I don't. I think it, the, I don't know this original list yeah, must have okay. been deleted from the chat or something because I don't even see it anymore. So. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, oh, Mix. You're acting crazy, dude. Fourth, that's that's crazy. <laughs> you're acting crazy. We're not gaslighting you at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, we use an RNG for that. Um, yeah, so we're we're gonna, let's 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 just get into it. Let's just get into it. We have a hard stop time limit on this podcast, so we'll see how this goes. And uh, I don't know. I really, I literally have no long, no idea how this is going to take, how long this is going to take. So, with my first pick in the inaugural It's Server Time draft, I will be choosing Simple. Wow, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know this guy, but he had an outstanding tournament. He won the HLTV MVP. Was incredible until the last couple maps of the grand finals. And really, I, I don't think anybody can even argue with this pick at all. I know that Josh would have picked somebody else, but I think the other three of us would have gone for this exact same pick. So, yeah, my pick is simple. That's going to be taking up the op roll on my team. Overall stats for this, for this, I mean, event, pretty much off the charts. 1.38 kill-death ratio. Uh, I mean, pretty much, pretty much just destroying everybody. I mean, I think we all saw just how good he was basically breezing through every team until he faced off against FaZe, and it was just the last few maps where he didn't do that well. So, yeah, 
That's my that's my pick. Bernogo, you're next. You pause for dramatic effect before saying <laughs> it's just like all right, reasonable. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. Who who could have guessed that somebody would go for such a such a pick there? So uh, yeah, well, I guess it's up to me now to to pick us up. Uh, I will also be making a bold and completely unexpected pick. Although actually, maybe some people will have it be unexpected. But uh, yeah, well, it's going to be visible on your screens shortly. I'm picking Carrigan as my first. Mm. Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay. All right. You're you're picking up the the pretty much. Like no dispute, best in-game leader right now. What, did, what was uh, the quote? There is no. Was it? Was it? There is no dispute. There is no question that we are the best team in the world. There's no question. Kerrigan is the best uh, IGL to pick in the world right now. Uh, mostly because of the fact that I have a feeling I'm going to get a grab bag of, of leftovers, as all of us are. So I wanted yeah. somebody who could just grab all those pieces and work them together. Uh, and so he's like the actually it's funny because he's you, you wouldn't necessarily think this, but he is not just the most elite IGL, but also the safest pick here. And he doesn't need a specific system to work within. He's not like a, a maybe a glaive or somebody who like has their own way in, in mind. And if the players don't work with that, it's not going to go over well. Kerrigan knows how to adapt to the players. So that's pretty cool. That's all really solid reasoning. Uh, no, no real question here. He would have been in my top probably top two IGLs pretty easily. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're... I think the first picks are going to be kind of obvious, and we're going to just yeah. kind of generally agree with them. And I think there's going to be more debate as we move on in this. So, uh, no, who have you got? Uh, well, I mean, I think you got to set yourself up with the, with the star opera first. So I'm gonna, I picked Ziwu. I mean, Simple was obviously first originally in my list, but uh, Ziwu also had a pretty good tournament before Vitality got knocked out. So especially if there's not going to be any language issues and we can kind of just like work right past that. I think um, it's <laughs> yeah. a pretty obvious pick. Yeah. No, yeah. I think this was a tournament where he even did pretty well, despite the, the flaws of vitality. Uh, they, he ended up, he ended up with, as a top rated player, actually. Yeah. He ended up with a, with a better, better overall rating than simple. And, but I think what was really impressive to me is his opening kill stats were yes. fucking crazy. Uh, 27% attempt rate on openers, 69% success rate. Like, this nice. dude's getting you an opener in, like, what, three or four rounds per half or something insane like that? Like, it's I don't know. That's just that's just bonkers. Or that's, like, two or three rounds he's getting you an opener and doing it relatively safely, too. So, uh, just a guy you don't have to worry about. It's going to be a 5v4 almost every round. Okay, Nix, you got two picks. Back to back. What do you, What's your... What's two your, picks. What right, are you going well, for? I feel like I got to get an IGL with one of these two picks, you know. I feel like, you know, by the time I come back around, it'll be lost out. So I feel like Glaive would have been the obvious pick. But, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like they've been struggling. I'm not sure how much faith I have in him right now. So I'm going to go with Electronic, who oh. I very much believe in as an yeah. IGL and also still as a player. So that's going to be my, my IGL pick here. Yeah, that's a really good IGL then, pick. It's, it's I, it I think... Yeah, I think this was actually okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like my second favorite pick, but yeah. Okay, go on. Go okay, on. and then we really do need a star player. But it's, this is tough. I don't know. This one's tough. I, I'm there's this one between. I'm like my bias, and then just keeping it simple. I'm just gonna keep it simple. I got the IGL. We're gonna go with Nico, who I okay. still believe in. My star, my Love my guy. It. So that's that's what I'm going with, Electronic and Nico. Jeez. 
For you were yeah, that's not how you spell OC. Yeah. <laughs> Mix, you were so torn about getting moved to fourth, but I feel like you did the absolute best yeah. you could have done yeah. with with that position in the draft. I I electronic I think electronic was one that I almost feel like I was ready to pick as my number one because you just get a star rifler and an in-game yes. leader in one pick, which is really I've got pretty a star disgusting. lurker and a star player in my pack, my map control. You know what I mean? It's we're already looking good. Yeah, your your core is already very good. Your core your your two man rifle core is very strong already. And you already took care of the IGO roll. Wow, like okay. All right. Let's let's move it back in the draft then. Uh unless there's further comments. Um, okay. I was just gonna say my I, I also thought of electronic like he was in my list. The only caveat would be that uh we said that we're not picking any coaches for these lineups and without Blade, I think that <laughs> electronic wouldn't he wouldn't be like an awful in game leader, but I don't I think there's definitely elements that Blade brings that uh that electronic wouldn't really have the support of in that case. Um yeah, so for my my second pick, uh I took Glaive. Uh, best former in-game leader in the world, currently Kerrigan, but mm -hmm. I have faith in, in Glaive to make my pieces work in my lineup. So, that'll be my second pick. I don't think, um, I don't think it's really we that hard to argue against having Glaive staying there. Yeah, Mix dropped out. There no, he is. Oh, okay, the return of the well, game. Not, Wait, Mix, you switch cameras. Uh... <laughs> Wait, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this man with the uh... setup. This is my laptop camera. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's really all I have to say. I think, I think obviously, Astralis still making a run to the to the um, semis here kind of still proves that Glaive still has it. It's just that Astralis as a whole are still working through their own issues. And on top of that, obviously, I have Ziwu. He's not far like. There End you of go. Point. <laughs> End of quote. <laughs> <laughs> Ziwu, he's not Farley. Okay, wow, that's uh, that's striking. <laughs> you can't really no, argue. I need it. to say more. <laughs> no, no, you're good. That's good. That's <laughs> I, I understand the pick. I think I think Astralis looked. Uh, I mean, they looked surprisingly good at this event. So we didn't really. We're not. We're not really breaking down teams too hard in the first section of this podcast, and we'll see how much time we have after. But I think it's pretty. It's pretty obvious that Glaive. And Astralis put together a very great showing at this event that was missing for the last handful. And we're kind of working off of Cologne form for this event very specifically. And if you if you judge it just based off of that, it's it's tough to find too much fault with how well they did. Because, I mean, I mean, Astralis coming top four when no one really expected that at all. I mean, that's just that's great. And also, by the way, they had the second highest T side round win percentage of the entire tournament. So Unless you, unless you believe in Dexter, like like because Mao's had the highest, Glaive's Glaive might just be like statistically the strongest pick there. Could okay, Cronogo, uh, awesome. what what is uh what is your pick here? Well, uh, normally under normal circumstances, you guys would have been right. It would have been time to get the uh, opera out, but you guys already picked like besides mix you guys already grabbed like pretty much the big ones so i'm not i'm gonna leave one of the offers on the table that i suspect mix will end up picking anyway and then <laughs> instead of picking an awp i'm actually going to pick my uh, and start building up my entry pack alongside kerrigan and that means i'm going to be selecting yakinder 
Uh, He's obviously a really good looking player at this point, especially at this event, responsible in many respects for helping Liquid completely reshuffle things. There was some interview quote from HLTV's interviews that said something to the effect of they threw everything out. They were gone. Uh, You know, just let's rebuild and let's see where your kinder can take us. And well, he took him to Cologne uh, playoffs. And even though, yeah, a lot of us feel like they should have defeated Mavistar Riders and they should have definitely had the expectation to. All right. Well, what can you say? The Spanish side caught fire. Um, it, although it's interesting, I wonder how many people will actually be picking uh, Movistar players in that sense. Uh, it feels like maybe not too many of them will show up on our list. But either way, Yakinder is on mine. He's just really good. Uh, obviously, he gels with a lot of different teams. He speaks English very well, although that isn't a, a consequence of this particular format anyway. But just another point in his favor, he's, he's ready to go. And so Kerrigan with that guy is just like a dream team to me. Uh. Can't really can't really argue with with that too much. I think like he what we saw from Liquid when he joined the team was them finding themselves just playing a more I'd say modern CS. I guess their their strategy looked more updated. Like so, if Kerrig like basically with Kerrigan and Yakindar, not only are you getting an entry like basically you're two entry players because Kerrigan's gonna like run in first a lot if he wants to. Yakindar's gonna run in first a lot too. But Yakinder also offers so many ideas that yeah. you're going to cover a lot of bases. And it, it, even though he's kind of a younger player in terms of not having all the years under his belt, it's it's obvious that he brings a lot in terms of strategy and tactics that basically you have two incredible minds now on the team. So that's that's pretty huge. So, yeah, he also a- has like a really big benefit to, to team atmosphere in general. I think in any team he really goes to. So. Mm. Especially in a carrying team, I don't know if we're including like personalities in this. Uh, yeah, in this picking, it was kind process, of a factor but... when I was assembling the different lists I could put together. Insofar as I didn't want, like you know, obviously, well, I guess mix it with Nico might have a, a fact, Nico and Elise on the same team. Fuck. Yeah, yep. <laughs> there you go. They'll, they'll sort it out. It's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my picks now. So for my in-game leader spot, I am picking the one, the only, the inimitable Hampus. I'm going with yep, Hampus. I knew, I knew yeah, it was coming. I'm getting Hampus. I think he's just individually so strong. Space, ta- Space Taker calls really good, pretty good T-sides now that I can actually enjoy watching. And I think that when you have a guy like him, now I can just play with so like my options now are limitless in terms of my rifles that I can work with. So that is gonna that's gonna help a lot because my following pick. Unless oh, you guys have anything to say about Hampus? No, you saw it coming. What I saw it coming. So I I did consider picking Hampus, but then I had the same thought as I had with Electronic, which is that Hampus's T sides used to be awful until they changed coaches. Yeah. And if we're not including Coach Impact here, I think that Hampus is... I think, for me, like, Glaive was just a better pick, but I could, I can see the Hampus pick working out among the list. Okay. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you see it, because I, I know this team is going to bang. <laughs> this team is already shaping up really well, because... It's important one person thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why, though. My, my rifle star... One of my rifle stars now that I have the aggressive aggressive space taker. You know who I can get? One of the baitiest F players oh ever. I'm getting blame F. I'm getting blame <laughs> F there. 
Vlaybev is going to lock down any spot you put him in CT side. And now that Hampus is there, he can just lurk forever and just join up, join up when the team needs him. You know, that's going to be it. That's my, that's my roster so far. Simple, Blame F, and Hampus. This is, this is balling. This is, I'm balling out of control. I'm ball. Pernogo, take me down. Take me. What are you going to get? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I still don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but I think what I'm going to go for at this point. See, the thing is, like, I, I see you looking at Nip, right, with the Hampus pick. And I am pretty tempted to also go pilfer some of their players, some of their talent. But I'm actually going to go a different route for this one. And I'm going to be picking up Spinks as my next player. So we're really saving the op for the bottom here for the very, very tail end. But uh, Spinks, I think, is worth the pick at this point. He's worth the attention. Uh, just obviously, he's been in the headlines, maybe targeted to replace Masuda over in Vitality, which would be a real, like... You know, it was always international for that squad, but the fact that now they're they're trying to speak, you know, really, really hammer home on the English side means that it does open them up to a wealth of other talent, and that's going to be interesting if it actually does come through. Of course, it'll be sad for Ants, who I so, sort of quietly cheered for uh, just by virtue of the fact that they were like the David to everybody else's Goliath, where they weren't spending a crazy amount of money. But Spinks himself is just a revelation of the fact that he's been discovered at all by, uh, you'll say, a lower tier team in terms of their organization. And he's definitely been instrumental in uh, catapulting them to the top three position, uh, which, of course, they've recently vacated. But still, something really uh, special about this guy. He's not like it's interesting because I don't really view him as a particularly aggressive player. But I obviously don't need that when I I already have Yakinder and Kerrigan as my particular space takers. Spink seems like if you really dedicated him to that, like, second or third man into a site, he would just absolutely blow open the the whole map. And also, you know, obviously his CT sides are money too. So that's sort of my analysis on why I picked him. I, I like I like Spinks a lot. Uh I think in terms of in terms of their CT setup already between Kerrigan, Yukinder and Spinks, you can already kind of see like Kerrigan and Yukinder are going to make kind of an opening play and Spinks will be kind of that bailout player for them where, you know, he's kind of on, he can either bait them and be kind of like right behind it get the trade or late mid late round he can just find a find a gap in whatever the opponents are doing like i feel like if this were your actual lineup spinks would bring back a lot of 3v4 2v3 type situations for you guys yeah so yeah okay uh all right this is me yeah nope what you got okay i'm actually a little torn about about my third pick here so i had to go back and forth between my list and I think I just have to after after how he performed in this tournament. I think I would have to take Alige as mm-hmm. my star rifler. Um, he played far better, like way way more to the level that I would expect of Alige, and I think any of us would expect of Alige after Yakinder joined. Um, I think we even mentioned it before this tournament started that Alige's form had taken such a steep drop off. Uh, in the last in the last like couple of tournaments, like he still has banger games occasionally, but it, it just his consistency was not there. Um, so seeing the way he was able to actually like dominate for liquid in some of these in some of the matches they played here, that kind of for me um, brings him back to the forefront. If you have the right pieces to work with, and I think Glaive would definitely be able to work with him well. Uh, and then obviously, like Z was just so versatile in terms of like being able to rifle and op that I think Elise would be able to work around that really well as well. 
Yeah, that's a good. I mean, you got you have your space takers already on this. Uh, you you've got some really good rotator players. Uh, I think. I mean, in terms of the core lineup here, you're 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 you got like one of the best operas out there, and you have one of the best riflers already. And now you kind of can just go for passive players, which means there's so many good passive players, honestly. So yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Mix, you have any comment on a liege before you make your pick? I'm a bit disappointed. You almost made it back to me. I could feel it, and now it's gone. So, but it's okay. I have a backup. So, I feel like with with electronic and Nico, you know, I got a couple of riflers. They're pretty versatile. You know, CT, TCI. I got there's like an idea of how I want to use them, but I could use another rifle that's also pretty versatile, and I can kind of like move these three guys around. So I'm gonna go with twist. Mm, so okay. another rifler, he can kind of work in the pack. He can lurk. He can, you know, he's very. He's a very versatile guy. But all that I'm not left with currently is an opera. And there's still some good operas available, so I'm gonna go with Shiro. Uh, and so I have I have like a lot of space taking at the moment. I have like a, a good array of like versatile riflers, and now I've got a great opera. So I don't know. I feel like I'm putting together a banger here. But... Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when I look at your team, it's so disgusting. It is really gross, actually. So um yeah i mean piece to the puzzle i I mean the the thing the good thing about your lineup mix is that if if like electronic and nico both fail you have some really good closers already too like you can't really the only the only thing i had against picking cloud nine players at this tournament was just how how badly they fell but i would almost just and and in my typical nature i pin that more on nafany and calling yep yeah, than I do actually those individuals. So, uh, in terms of form, they, I mean, statistically, their form was very strong. It's just like their ability to close rounds was not there for them a lot of the time. You know, I don't really need Shiro to like open rounds for me so much when no. I have Electronic yeah. and Nico and even Twist. Like, it's, it's pretty disgusting. So, for sure. I'll just let him, I'll just let him sit back and do himself and pick up 25 kills a game. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, all right, back to you now. Okay. Um, so I had two two players in mind for my lurker, uh, and I think that both picks are kind of obvious. Um, personally, I'm gonna go with Nav because he's from Vancouver, and <laughs> Nav is just I I gotta you know respect respect the Canadian on out of out of the two. Uh, I also just think Nath has already worked with the Leash, so they have that dynamic going. I also think Nath's playstyle is just super consistent. You almost never see him like have a bad game. And so, in terms of the way the roles would work out as well, I think he would fit pretty well into this team, considering like there's not really an overlap with a Leash, Zewu, or Glaive for him. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's a pretty solid... Uh, little rifling core for me yeah yeah i mean you got you got lick basically you're working with liquid stars with a better igl and sorry oc but a better opera also so that would already be a a pretty fire lineup josh mix wants to know your location i know this is this feels <laughs> like a Zewu, mix see over oc i don't know man yeah the, other than the fact that this is a mixed lineup other than the fact that Z- Z- was on it or so 
everything else everything else would be exactly if you just told me mix made these picks i'd be like all right all right um all right pernogo i mean Zyvo can rifle that's true too <laughs> it is yeah. the t-side i mean t-side he probably would just rifle on inferno like, i mean he rifles a lot on inferno so. i just i have to wonder I, i'm amazed that mix picked his opera and it wasn't OC. But then of course I failed to realize, of course he would pick a Cloud Nine player instead of OC if he had to pick somebody instead. Yeah. Of OC. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it all comes together. It makes total sense. There, it was just too good of a passive opera available to go with my riflers that I just had to go with it. I just had to make the pick. All right. Meanwhile, Note over here says he's got he has to pick a Lurk player and he's got an obvious uh, couple in mind and he goes with Naf and I'm so grateful that Naf is from Canada because that means I get to pick Rops who has obviously uh. got loads of experience with Kerrigan and I think would really help uh, to l- alleviate any sort of like lurk based or timing based pressure, even good in the clutch, obviously he didn't have the best tournament here, maybe or best, best playoff performance, but like we know just from his past career, he's money and he's going to help. Uh, I, w- I won't say help activate you and Sphinx because they don't really need a mu- that much help activating themselves, but it's more like with them not having to worry about those odd angles or those things that Rops is going to systematically clear on CT side and, and position himself well to, uh, do some sort of backstab or to hear those like very faint audio cues that can really help win you around in, in a clutch moment. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's money for this team. And obviously there's the Kerrigan synergy too. So he's my pick. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yours is, yours is shaping up pretty well too. Like, I feel, I feel like, like we the... all got, we all got reasonable rosters so far. You know, I think that's just kind of the nature of this, actually. That yeah, you, when you get when you get twenty players out of a tournament, you could kind of just cherry pick some of the really strong ones. When I, when I was breaking it down by roles yesterday, I looked at those and I was like, "There's no way to make a bad team out of like the <laughs> list of players there is." Like, you kind of can't. You you it kind of has a really hard time uh, doing that. I think there's some some picks that I'm starting to hit now where I'm not in love with them necessarily. But I think I'm still gen- generally pretty satisfied. Um, like, for example, I kind of need an anchor player now. And I, I don't really love all my options because Mix got twists. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Axile, like, statistically. But I, I think I might have to get Axile here for my anchor uh, just because he's so... He is, he is still very strong, but, like... With how bad Cloud9's tournament was, I almost don't love going for that pick, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's all right on CT, but on T side, you already got Blame F. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really... I don't, uh, yeah, the T side role overlap is, is, is kind of messed up right there for me. So, uh, I'm going to kind of go scraping a little bit lower in the barrel now. And I'm... Mm, this is... Yeah, this is where it gets tough. This is honestly where it starts to get tough. I think I'm going to go with... Oh, God. <laughs> it's t- it's really tough. Fuck. Um, I think I'll go with... Oh, I can't I can't get Zipnik. No, he's he's too bad. He's too bad. He's actually, he's actually just not strong enough. I, re- I wanted to do it because I felt like rolls, roll-wise would be really good. But no, I'm going to go a little bit... Better as an individual. I'll go with Majisk for my anchor. I think he's still. Fuck. It's a little. It's a little weaker than I would have wanted, 
Uh, I feel, but but I don't think T side Axile and Blame F makes sense. And I think Majisk is such a good pack player that if Hampus kind of opens up the space, Majisk can be right there with him to to do that. So I don't think that's uh, I think uh, T side roles make a lot of sense for my team, and that's why I went there. But now I just have my fifth pick I have to make, and I d- that's where it also gets really hard because I. I don't know exactly what rifler I'm looking for because I kind of have fit every single role right now, other than maybe like a a really support type player. Uh, so then, so then I'm kind of back to that that idea about Zipnix because I think that his I think his tournament actually looked pretty good overall until I guess the very end. So I I kind of in between Perfecto and Zipnix here, and I think I'm gonna go Perfecto actually. I'll, I'll take Perfecto. He's another another kind of anchor player. Uh, can play bad spots, and I think on T side just isn't going to mess things up for anybody. So that's that's kind of yeah. It's I'm not in love with it. I feel like it got kind of weak for me at the end here. But you know, not everybody can be a star on every team. So yeah, but just can Perfecto how I round out my team. Well, you made it somehow. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm kind of surprised that you didn't go for some of the other picks that I felt like were available. I mean, I guess it, you were really zeroing in on roles, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be disingenuous about how I felt the roles would break down. Which I mean, like statistically, I could have just picked Axile or Rain, but yeah. like they don't actually pl- they kind of overlap with roles already on positions and things like that. That's how I'm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to the point about Zipix, he could have gone for him just on the basis of his tournament was okay up until, like, his he had a reasonable appearance if we were just going to stick with the Cologne results themselves. But it seems like, you know, yeah. the other option was better for, like, longevity's sake. So if you're thinking into the future beyond just the, the one tournament makes sense. So. Yeah. I... <sighs> Even Deaths also at this tournament did pretty well, too. Like, these are all support players I was kind of thinking of. Um, and they all statistically kind of ended up in the exact same spot. So it's hard. It's kind of hard to parse where what I would love to see or love to pick there. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Pernogo, it's uh, I'll stop, uh, you know, lamenting over my decisions and <laughs> let you go here. Yeah, sure. I, well, this one will be quick. Uh, this is my opera, of course, but it's opera in question marks. It's going to be Brokey. Uh, obviously, a guy who's not known as like a top tier opera from the this, this normal style of op. And he's obviously not a, a bang out like Munasi, simple type, Zywu type either. Uh, the, the point for this guy is that obviously he's worked with Kerrigan and Rops very, very recently. Some may say he's still working with them to this day. And he's obviously got a very unique aspect to him that I think Kerrigan knows how to activate at this point. So it, I I do kind of feel a little bit cheap the way that this ro- you know, sort of thing worked out because I just re- like subbed out twists. Two. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's phase this... and then I minus two plus two. But, uh, you know, w- when this was what I was, I was either going to pick Brokey or OC were, were the two that I was going back and forth with. And I just picked with what was already proven at this point. So I'm kind of being a bit lazy, but this is my uh, like phase does all the work getting to number one in the world and making it so there's absolutely no question that they're the best team in the world. And then I'm like, you did this. And then I like slap two things on it. I did this. So that's me. That's phase. <laughs> Okay. You yeah, you basically did build phase, but basically everybody pre pro league was like minus uh minus rain plus like 
yeah, JKS or whatever. Or yeah, yeah <laughs> any like any of various options. And now you kind of built that, but just because you couldn't get Twist, you got Sphinx. So I don't think anybody's even. Well, actually, no way. You had the option to get Twist, but you just you just went for Sphinx, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact way that it worked. Yeah, no, Sphinx yeah, was, I think Sphinx, so. yeah. Sphinx was on the board, and you went for Sphinx instead. So you just had more faith in in Sphinx, and I think. I think role wise, that actually is fine. Um, it's I think it's it's overall pretty. This is a pretty strong team. Well, right, when we'll, when we'll I when I had down. the option to do ROPS, I was like, well, that makes sense to do. Like, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get ROPS, you know. And then at that point, nobody I knew nobody was going to pick Brokey, which is why I saved them till the end because everybody I let everybody else get their oppers in, and I knew that that was a fallback position if I didn't have a good opera as well. So I I kind of had a strategy, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, the way that it bore out here at the end is like, oh, he's not doing phase. Oh, he is doing phase. So whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll 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 talk about everybody's uh, teams more in depth uh, after we finish the draft part. Okay. So uh, so note your last pick here. I'm super torn about this last pick because my debate uh, when it came down to this last spot when I ended up with Glaive was whether I wanted Glaive to be my main entry or whether I wanted to get a player that would actually be like more focused as an entry. Uh, in that sense, if I was to do that, I would have gone with Patsy. Um, Ooh, wow. Because he's a fucking sick player. Yeah. Patsy is just... I, I, I personally just really like Patsy in the way he approaches the game. I also think that he's super young and has so much room to grow that I think having him on this roster with the kind of experience of Glaive would be able to really like he's already sick but it would super elevate his game over time I think uh but that being said I think that I'd actually be fine with Glaive being my entry player mm. uh because my fifth player is actually going to be bit oh. and he's going to slot in there he didn't have a sick cologne but he is the perfect man to go in with Elige and Glaive in my entry pack. God. I'm so pissed I let Bit slide. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> all of you let Bit slide. Like, how does that so, make it back to me? It's so criminal. It's so criminal to let that let this let Bit be basically a last pick here, actually. Uh yeah. yeah imagine. Okay. Imagine. I like I like your team a lot too. And uh, yeah, despite Bit not having the best tournament overall, he still. What, what did he do? Actually, he was like ooh. a 1.7? 1.07? Uh, 1.06. He had a 1.00 yeah. KD, actually. So, what was this? Were his headshots not hitting this tournament? Is this what, what Bit's like without good headshot? Nope. He still had the most headshots and the highest headshot percentage at the tournament. So, classic. <laughs> yeah, classic Bit right there. All right, Mix. You got. A fifth pick. Yeah, so I needed. So honestly, I probably would have gone with Perfecto because mm. I feel like I feel like what my team is missing right now is I got three like really good riflers, but I need someone that is just gonna be able to just fill and just do whatever. So also in the slot would be a floppy, but of course, <laughs> no play. Not yeah. Play <laughs> yeah. So I need someone that can just be my fifth role player, and you know he can just move to whatever spot, he can do whatever role, and he's not gonna really give a shit. And he's just going to do whatever, right? So, just looking through uh, the players, he had a bit of a bad cologne. But, um... Hmm. I was thinking Zipnix at first. I was thinking that could be a pretty good pick. 
but it doesn't feel like the right pick. So I'm actually going to go to Shush from Heroic. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. so he had a bit of a bad cologne, but I feel like overall, he's just really good at that role. Yeah, and it's a yeah. nice way to fill up the team. Yeah, Shush is kind of like the modern Zipnix. He's kind of just better almost in every way at almost every tournament nowadays, except for except for this most recent tournament. So, yeah, yeah he he was someone I was I kind of thought of, but just just because of his cologne form not being very strong, I I knocked him down a couple pegs. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you can really ar- complain about what Shush did, because even though his HLTV rating wasn't that good, 0.89, he still had a 0.92 KD. And when you look at a lot of the people that had even better HLTV ratings by a significant margin, like 0.15 better at like he had a better KD than some of these people. So like he's still doing his job. He just doesn't get a lot of impact on these sort of positions that he's in. So yeah, I think I I like the Shush pick. I I think he kind of went in this draft. He kind of is a, it's a good it's a good last pick to round out the draft. I'll just put it like that. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm still happy with mine, but let's okay, let's start let's start rating each okay. The way I wanted to do this now to progress is that first we're gonna kind of talk about each other's rosters, but then we're gonna make a bracket that's just seated first pick versus fourth pick and then second pick versus third pick. So we actually have like definitive answers on on these things. So let's actually let's just let's just mm, yeah, let's just let's just do the bracket. Let's just do this bracket now. Um, so basically, we're gonna pit pit Mick's roster versus my roster, okay? And the the judges are Note and Pernogo because you guys are you, you guys are impartial. You should be impartial on this, you know, because <laughs> okay. because you're obviously not competing in this. So um, how about we'll start with this? We'll both give cases for our rosters, Mix, and then and then they'll they'll decide, okay? So okay. Uh, I, I can start. I can start. So. I think I think my roster doesn't need much explaining when it comes to the <laughs> opera. <laughs> I don't think there's much to say about the fact that we have the goat, we have simple uh, on Maui's money crew, and and uh, and the thing is that when you look at how this team is going to achieve victories in rounds, you have so many different win conditions round to round. On T side, you have multiple space takers. Um, Already, you have you have simple who's going to call his own number when he feels like it. So, like, let's say, but the game plan is going to be based off of what Hampus wants to run. And for Hampus wanting to run a game plan, it's going to be a little sneaky. It's gonna it's actually gotten more refined since DJL. So if he takes any of his learnings from DJL, you're gonna ha- have some like nice, solid, fundamental strategies about getting map control. But they always have a little bit of a twist to them. And that's where people like Blame F come in. That's where people like Hampus himself come in. And that's where Simple just decides every now and then he's just gonna go for another pick that maybe the other oppers in this tournament wouldn't be going for. So you have a few guys like that. And then you you think about the guys that usually are there to mess things up. And you have Majisk, like, when you when you move down this roster, and Majisk is not, he's still incredibly solid as an individual. Uh, and now that we're not talking about language barrier, he's going to even do better. <laughs> he's going to do better now, because he doesn't, he's thinking in his own native tongue, because I'm making up all the rules as I go along in this, in this tournament. And, and then Perfecto, as what could be another, like, a third in, or just going to throw the nades, or it's going to be kind of between him and Blame F, depending on where they go on the map for who's going to sometimes like end up lurking in a round. But hopefully most of the rounds are designed around Blame F being that closer lurker 
and Perfecto to just kind of be a a solid third third in sometimes sometimes fourth in kind of a shitty role for for running in but either way it's going to be it's going to be good but i mean the closing argument for me is that i have simple okay all right strong strong oh, so, very strong case so, <laughs> starting the argument for my team and against his team is that a he has four people that just aren't going to shut the fuck up between simple hampus plaintiff and magisk Okay, like, all, you started like... off not by bringing your own team into it. You just shit on his team. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have simple. Okay, I've seen this guy on land on stage. This guy talks more than his IGL. Uh, at least when it was Boomish. I don't know about now, but this guy is talking the entire rounds. Campus is also like a super loose guy, so it's just gonna be like all over the fucking place. Flame F is gonna be like calming to like bait everyone. As like they're like on the other side of the map and like yeah. simple trying to call something and blame F's telling them to go faster so that he can like come out behind them or whatever. Magic will like be there and just like get annoyed because they're not astrolish or something. And then I mean, Perfecto will, will be like pretty solid because I mean he'll just sit there and he'll probably just like be like laughing at them or whatever. But um yeah, just an absolute fucking mess in terms of who's who's talking. Alright. My team, you know, it's not super defined. Obviously, Electronic very new to calling, but I feel it's something he's been naturally growing more into. Something he was always going to give his own shot at. So I feel like he's just a natural at it. You know, he's just great at everything he does in this game. And he's a, he'll be a top IGL as well. Nico hasn't really been as much of a problem in G2, I feel. You know, especially he just sticks to like his dirking roles. He's been doing that. It's great. He'll get to do whatever he wants. Shush will just fill. And Twist, you know, he, he won't have all the space in the world for himself. You know, he'll probably have to sacrifice maybe a few CT spots for Nico, but that's okay. He'll have, he'll have his other spots, he'll have his anchor spots that he still likes to play on certain maps. He's, he's great at doing whatever on T-side, in my opinion. And then I have Shiro. I mean, I have Nico just lurking that can open up the map just by himself. I have Electronic and Twist entering together, you know, taking map control, just looking for fights. These are two of the best duelists in the world. They're just going to shit on people together. And then I got Shiro as the closer, you know, in the back lines, just... Getting frags, doing whatever he can. You know, I don't know. I feel my team is just very well-rounded. There's a lot of versatility on CT side, so if things aren't working, I can just switch up the roles around a little bit. They'll still make sense. They'll still be pretty good. So yeah, that's my that's my case. My team's more well-rounded. I feel the communication will work much better. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think I made my argument. Thank you. I like that. Okay. I like the fact um, that Mix started off with the shit talking. Just, just did. He spent more time shitting on Alex. <laughs> um. Okay. So I have to shit on Mix's lineup now, <laughs> just a little bit. So, so the thing that won't work with Mix's lineup is that when their T side is down 06, Nico will tell Electronic he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and that he's gonna start calling around himself. And then everything's going to get out of whack because Shiro won't know what's going on and he's going to start crying. And uh, then you're going to have twists that's like, guys, what the fuck? We should just do this also. So, like, that's going to be how this team actually crumbles because when they start on T side, they're going to run into a wall of simple and blame F. And even if they get past them, you got some sick anchors in Magisk and Perfecto. So, th th there's no T side that Electronic or Nico are going to call that's going to get through this that's, defense. That's, that's just not true. You see, Electronic's gonna have some ways to, like, pressure Simple off. They're gonna be in, like, the same parts of the map. They, like, they're in the parts of the map where you get all the kills, right? So, they'll just pressure them. 
and then they'll just leave like perfecto like alone on a with like 20 second rotates away and then my boy nico is just gonna come out and one tap this guy <laughs> then like we just have free sites like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> all right all right okay um let's uh let's just okay let's just open it up to, to node and pronogo okay what where are you guys leaning where with your guys with this you what know, you when when uh, Mick started shit-talking your team, I, I did start uh, seeing some of his points and siding with them, but then I remembered, <laughs> that, then I remembered that you have simple. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, just naturally, I think the also the points you just made regarding Mick's lineup, I think also ring pretty true. My only pr- issue with, uh, with your lineup is I don't believe in Hampus as the in-game leader of this team. Mm. You believe in I electronic just, more. No, but I also don't believe in electronic more. With I don't believe in either either IGO without their coach helping them a little bit at yeah. the very least. Yeah. Yeah, so, leadership is a mess on both of these squads, I think. So if I leave that out, I think for Mix, you're just gonna have Shiro like sitting there like in T spawn holding an angle. And then, like, when he finally looks away at 20 seconds, Blame F is just going to be behind him anyway. Yeah, but then so I have it's a like, legion. I have. Oh, sorry, not a legion. You don't have, I have a legion. <laughs> no, you don't have a legion. Electronic. You know what? That's what I was no, no, saying. Mix, that's mix. Saying. You're done. You're done. Alex that, wins. You don't bullshit. even know what players you have. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I got okay. electronic. I have the two. I have three of the best riflers in the world, and you're going to tell me they can't light a. They can't hold a candle. The fucking Blame F. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i said <laughs> now he's misrepresenting now he's misrepresenting my facts which gives me even more reason to side with Ali. <laughs> okay. my lineup is is superior i mean i don't, I don't know you know what i mean pronogo where, where are you seeing these lineups clash Okay, so I do think it's interesting. One of the most interesting angles to me about this, if it were an actual team, is how like the it's it's the Nico on one half of the map on T side and Twists on the other alongside Electronic. That that does seem really sick as far as like ways to to build a T side. I do agree yeah. with what Note said about leadership, but I think that's true for both squads. Although maybe uh, the fact that Nico has been a, a sort of a, a, by all accounts has been a source of issues in the past. But I don't know. We we also started this off saying that we weren't going to co- worry about communication issues or everybody's just going to hold hands. Just language. No, no, language. Just language. Oh, just, just language. language. Personality just, still counts. Yeah, okay. Lang- yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. In that case, I mean, you know, it's really – it is a tough call, but we also have no All way I'm to tie All I'm saying is Nico so. never took IGL duties from Alexi B. No, he just he just took his job, right? No, he just yeah, he yeah. just kicked <laughs> just, him from the team. From the... Yeah, that's something completely different. That's that's valid. But he never <laughs> once was like, okay, I call now. Yeah. Oh, it's so he's changed. Games until Nico. It's all fun and games until Nico t- takes Shiro's op, though. Mm. No, that won't happen. I hope to God you didn't even sound confident about that. You didn't even sound confident. I guess because we don't actually have a tiebreaker formula set up, I will actually go with Maui Snake. But Josh, I want you to know, I, can't I, this. I, I, in <laughs> in reality, I think your team would probably edge out a victory, like nineteen well, fifteen or we, something. Well, we can do it. We can do a bit of a tiebreaker. We could use we can use Twitch Chat for this. Twitch actually. Chat. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, we can. Through. We can right. use Twitch chat. So, so if I cast I, I my vote for Josh, then then we need a tiebreaker, and we I don't know how we're going to calculate that, but I'll how do we how do we how can do, run a poll maybe? Is, is there, there a poll option? Uh, we could do a straw poll. We could do a straw poll. Well, can't you just do a poll in the chat? 
You can. I didn't. I, I didn't know there was a thing to do that. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a thing to do a do a poll. There is. If you type slash poll in the chat, you can set it up. I don't know if you want me to do it or what. You do it. You do it. You do it. Yeah, I'm, you do it. I've You're never more done familiar this with it. Yeah, I've never done a Twitch chat poll. Um, what was I gonna say? Just, just do it for like two minutes or three minutes or something like that, and we'll just kind of watch it as it updates. We could also uh, use our very random random system. That no, we we're not going to use the random number generator. <laughs> this has to be decided by some some committee. And, and Alex is coincidentally going to press it three times until he's first, <laughs> until his team is suddenly the owner. Wow. Wow, that's just uh, toxic. Okay. All right, the poll oh, is Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Wow, uh, wow next okay. is... Uh... I'm, looking... I'm voting myself. <laughs> I'm voting on my own poll. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll cast my vote okay. the same way that I cast yeah, it. Same, same, All right, same. well, we'll. So wait, did you leave it up for how many minutes? Uh, two minutes. Okay, two minutes. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll look at it at the end of the two minutes. Um, while people are voting, I, I think I need to give another reason as to why my lineup <laughs> is gonna win. And um, let me remind you. First of all, I have simple. Second of all, I think we're underrating how decent Hampus is as an in-game leader. And I think we're overrating how much of an in-game leader issue, or how, we're underrating how much of an in-game leader issue Mix's team won't have without a coach. <laughs> I think that's my main thing. Like, I wanted to get Electronic too, but to put your faith in a guy that just started calling when he has yeah, a whole... So, so, at, first, at, first, at first, Electronic was like a potential number one pick for Maui. But now, apparently, he's not even better than Hampus. So let's not let's not remind the viewers who are now responsible so, for our roster's destinies. Okay, okay. I think this poll is pretty much done. Actually, I don't think there's going to yeah. be a shift in in that many votes that that fast. Um, so, all right, mix, you got it. You took it. You took it from me. All right, you move on in the bracket. Someone I do like your, their GM. I think your core rifle trio is like honestly crazy. If I want to give uh, some some plaudits to the lineup that you put together from the fourth pick position, um, so That's congratulations to be in the server against. It would be a terrifying team to be in the server against. Now that I officially lost, I can just say that I think your team is better than mine. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is better. I think I think my like. I wanted to be really specific about roles, and I think I probably just don't need to do that next time because Magisk and Perfecto, like, I could have had one of those guys, but having both that makes was a, that was weak. a bit questionable. Yeah, it feels it feels too weak, even though I know the roles would work very well. It, it's just not worth it on an all star draft like this. Okay, I was just surprised you didn't get bit for one of those. I mean, the thing is that um, I think bit plays. I guess he kind of plays some some good positions actually that would have helped here. Yeah. Yeah, bit 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 wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think bit I think bit would have been better than Perfecto, actually. I'll put it like that. If I got that one for one. Um I don't really need two anchors, you know. You just get one anchor and everybody thinks you're you're gravy. Uh okay. <clears throat> All right, note and Pronogo. We're gonna move on to to your to your teams. So let's start with uh who was Earlier in the drafting order. Okay, Pernogo, you yep. you were earlier in the drafting order. You're gonna defend your team first. Feel free to shit talk notes in advance. 
So, you know, I feel like we have to be the bigger men despite being beneath <laughs> them in the overlay. And I'm going to say that you have a very nice looking team. However, my team is already mostly proven. And in fact, if you count how proven the new additions to this roster are, then they're even more mostly proven. And so there's not really much theory crafting you have to do. You just have to sub out uh, Twists and Rain for Yakinder and Sphinx. And you get, there you go, easy four phase. I don't know what, you could workshop some name out of that, probably. Uh, obviously, Kerrigan is the greatest IGL currently uh, active. And it's kind of fitting then that he'd be going up against Glaive as like the, the sort of legacy greatest IGL, the GOAT of all time for most people, right? And then you obviously have uh, Yakinder fragging out with the entry pack, Sphinx and Rops working together on uh, the more passive duties with Spinks being significantly more, I would say, than uh, than than Rops in terms of like aggressive aggression. But uh, you know, Rops already has started to morph his game. I remember back many episodes ago, Maui Snake himself was saying, oh, "I'm the chief Rops hater." Back in the, the born in the mouse sports sector of, of time, but uh, since then, I think we can all agree he's leveled up his game quite a bit under uh, Kerrigan's tutelage some more, as well as uh, the change of roster. And then Brokey, I mean. He was last picked for a reason, no hate to him, but he was somebody who I knew wouldn't receive a lot of other attention. And even now, like you don't really see him having a ton of attention from people uh, because of the fact, perhaps, that he's not a traditional opera. But I think he fits this team just perfectly, just like he fits FaZe perfectly right now. So there you go. That's my, my uh, defense of myself, I guess. Good luck. Not, not a bad defense. All right. Well, here's the thing. You wanted this gentleman's agreement. Uh, we'll see how far I make it into my into my description <laughs> until I have to start to talk okay. to your team. It's once I start losing, uh, you know, any any points of my own that I have to kind of shift into that. So, gotcha. First of all, here's the thing: Glaive has a vast amount of experience working with competent operas such as Device, and I think Zewu plugs almost directly into a similar style. He's able to also shift and be a hybrid aggressive player. He can also rifle. So for me, that's very similar to the way that Device used to work in his prime on the old Astralis. So I think that as a duo already works really well together. And I think Glaive's system will be able to put that together and put Zewu into positions where he can excel. On top of that, you obviously have Elysian Naft with the dynamic from Liquid already. Elysian is going to, I think, play very well under a system where you have someone who's able to op and support like Glaive can, or sorry, that, that Zewu can, on top of Glaive building layers into their defaults. Um, I also don't think there's really a positional clash between any of these players. Uh, and then you have Bit, who comes in as... He, he has a little bit of overlap with, with uh, some positions, but I think the fact that Bit on T-side is able to go in as part of that entry pack is going to give you so much more power in your hits, because you're having Elige, uh, Bit, and Glaive coming at you on the site. You have Zewu in the backlines opping. You have Naf, who's going to lurk and or just come in as well, like in, in a much more fast-paced like default. Uh, so I think out of that, you have so much firepower combined with a good match of roles on that lineup that I don't think that like you have you have three of phase. But then you have, like, Yakinder and Sphinx. Yakinder obviously has a ton of experience. Sphinx has a little bit less so when it comes to big stages. Um, obviously, this year, they've, they've gotten much more. But I think the fact that you have so many versatile players who have so much experience on my lineup would kind of outweigh that 
in the sense that I think Spinks is extremely talented, but I don't think that he would be able to stand up to, to the level of pressure brought on by how much Glaive is building his system into this game to kind of uh, exploit some of those those holes in your in your game. Also, listen, Kerrigan had ROPs before on mouse ports. Didn't go well for him, so I don't think the Kerrigan uh, ROPs duo is, is a necessary. They, uh, they won a lot of uh, tournaments. <laughs> they won a lot of tournaments. Listen, listen, listen. At the end of 2019, they won, like, everything. Listen, we don't talk about that. That was, that was pre-online era. This is a new world. <laughs> pre-online era. Okay. This is a new world. I might agree with you on the adaptability side with your versatile players there, except you have Glaive as your IGL. And we saw how long it took him to get Astralis to a playoff berth of a big event. It was just now, and it was months and months. Doesn't doesn't matter much when the point is it takes him a long time to build up a system that actually works with new players, and now you're giving him four new teammates who he's never worked with before. I mean, come on, man. You're right. It is hard to work with two point eight rated players. Players. But it is going from from Lucky to Ziwoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's impossible. Obviously, Lucky would have way more comfort with Glaive, and then Ziwoo obviously like he's just too aggressive, man. He, d- he does too many things. He wins the game by himself too much, and Glaive can't have that. So that's Glaive that's probably can't deal with it. Um, I think okay, mix. Let's let's talk about their lineups. Uh, who are you? Who are you feeling more as it stands? As it stands, I am feeling notes team just a bit more. Maybe I'm biased because of the NA. But oh. also, I don't know. I, I just feel like Glaive with Zewu is just so so good. Like like you already have that, and then you have a rifling trio of Elise, Nath, and Bit. Like that's that's kind of disgusting. Like I know, I know. I'm I'm pretty torn on this too. I think when I look at their teams. I think that the role overlap is worse with Notes team. I think they I think they'll step on each other's toes like a little bit more. Like uh, but I also think that Pronogo's team, I think Binks is kind of just a little strange in this, but it's not that bad either. But I feel like Oh, it's it's t- given him it's time really t- to fill out his, his game a little bit more. I mean, Note even called it out earlier. He's only recently gotten more arena experience, right? But the point of this team, I think, is that like now we get to see how much of a star he truly is, right? And I think you've seen promise of that. You've seen little little fragments there. He's like the only unproven angle this whole squad has, especially with all the interplay they've already got down the years. So, Yeah, I... I mean, you you pitched it as if you're setting up a squad that's uh, you know unproven. My team's proven. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. God, it's uh... we're trying to pick title winning contenders here, Pernogo, not uh, teams that have to prove themselves. I think no, I think Pernogo's is pretty proven. You got three. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, Karen Drops and Brokey have done a lot this year already. I will say, I think for me, the T side rolls. Uh, will be pretty okay. The the overlaps would come in a little bit more on CT between Nath and Bit, but I also think that both players are so adaptable that I really don't think it would end up being an issue at all. Like the amount of spots that Nath has played over his career, and the fact that Bit is also so willing to learn and sit there and like grind demos as simple as sudden interviews, I think that that would never really be uh, like a, a long term issue at all for this team. The problem is the on your roster the only member of that team uh, that team has actually won something recently is bit so 
That's that's what gets me is that your roster is like if we take the really good players from that really had a lot of their success earlier in their careers and you put them up against players who are either on the rise like Spinks and to a lesser extent Yikinder who's obviously been around for a lot longer and people who are currently winning majors, currently winning big name events. So it's like old school versus new school in a way, especially with the Glaive versus Kerrigan debate. But I mean, I just think Kerrigan's better than Glaive, hands down. Listen, Pernogo, your argument can't be that you picked three of FaZe <laughs> who have won everything this hey, year. What I did is I picked <laughs> but I think it's a players. strong play. I it picked players that point, nobody else listen. picked. I picked the last two players on FaZe uh, are on my team were on FaZe, and you guys had plenty of opportunity to grab them, so... I just okay, see the I see the diamond in the rough. Okay, I look down at that number one team on HLTV that just won Cologne, and I think, you know, somebody could do something with you, man. If if they just <laughs> tried a little bit harder, if they sanded off the rough edges, you could be something. And that's why I that's why I have the team that I have. That's not untrue. Um, let's even let's even break it down like this mix. Then, if I'm I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of leaning Pernogo's team, but just barely. And you're kind of feeling notes. Let's think about like the veto here. Um, Pernogo's team wouldn't play Vertigo. Note's team would probably not want to play Mirage, honestly. Um, and so what, but what do like, what does per Pernogo's team would be kind of gross at Inferno, actually. And I think Note's team would be really good at like Dust, Overpass. The team uh, on Overpass would be so good. Vertigo. Well, yeah, yeah. It, Gets I think Note. I think Note, yeah, Note might have the map veto edge actually with this. Okay, okay, who wins on Nuke? Nuke decider for all the money, all the marbles. Oh, dude, I think I have to take like twenty three and zero, like whatever the twenty twenty seven and zero, whatever their fucking streak was. That's old news, dude. Who won recently on Nuke? Who won recently on Nuke? Dude, Elysian Naf banned Nuke. Have banned Nuke for a while, actually. Now that I think about this, yeah, I think I have to side with Pernogo's team because I think they win the veto, actually. That's my. That's where I'm going with this mix. Wait, how are you? Like, I have three maps. He has one, and now he's winning the veto. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won the well, decider, Glaive dude. Is... I won the decider. Glaive would want to ban out Mirage. Uh, Elysian Naf would want to ban out Nuke, and uh, Kerrigan's team could play every map but Vertigo, like legitimately every map. So that's where I'm kind of going with that. And I think, uh, I don't know. I don't really. I think, and I think that even Ker I think Pernogo's team. I was gonna say Kerrigan's team has like. Some maps that they'd even be specialists on with this roster. Like, Nuke, they'd be disgusting at. Um, except Yekinder doesn't play Nuke, but I, I think beyond that, they'd be fine. And then, that's it. That's the only weak spot I see in their veto. Or, just like, a Nuke, Yekindar. But everything else is so good about it. Mix, where you? Where's your head at? Mm. I feel like, I don't know, even now... I might have to slightly lean with Pronogo's team. Just, I see it's it's still tough though because I feel like when Glaive is playing like yeah. recently, Kerrigan is like by far the worst individual in the server. Mm, yeah. I feel like that's very important when like two top teams like this. I mean, see, with Glaive is just so nasty. Like, yeah, Glaive I, used uh, to be a monster when Device is still around, and if you're gonna have the impact of Zewu like matching that, basically. Dude. I think you're gonna have Glaive able to have some impact too. Should we should we just twitch pull it? Because I'm kind of I'm kind I of. Think, I think we still twitch pull it. Yeah. We but, have to um... twitch. Okay, let's switch pull it. Can you can you set that up, Pernogo, again? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm really really on the fence, and I think I'm. I just, just think with like a stacked team like this, I take Zaiwu over Brokey. 
Yeah, that's a big difference maker here. But I think that the like it's in some ways I look at Pernogo and how he drafted. And I just think that Rops was like such a massive steal where Pernogo got him in the draft. Also, no, no, got bit pretty late also, but bit kind of had a kind of poor cologne. So I see why he cut, he fell, fell so far in this draft. And it, it just kind of, whereas Rops, when he, when, when Pernogo got his last two picks in Rops and Brokey, it's just like, wow, that just fit the team so well in so many different ways. Who could have known, uh, too, that those two would work so well together with, you know, the other players? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, I could have uh, I could have grabbed Rops instead of uh, Nath. Instead of Nath, but, yeah. But you went for the I'd, NA. Uh, Listen, it was actually really smart of you to go NA because of this show. Of course, the panel that's going to vote is going to be a little bit more interested in that Elysian-Nath duo. See, see where NA's stars go, but... Uh, well, I think, uh, unfortunately, Twitch chat is not very NA-minded, so. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just unlucky sometimes, you know. Okay, I'm, it's, I'm... it's really because they hate France. Why do you guys hate France and Zewoo? Yeah, that's, that's, that's most, that's gotta be the real reason here. I'll, I just, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going with Pernogo on this one. I think Twitch chat is going with Pernogo, too. This is getting, yeah, there's still some time, but. No, 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 this is it's, definitely. It's, it's, it's doubled. Pernogo. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, it's doubled. Okay. It's like 70 to 30, pretty much. All right. We're moving ahead then with Pernogo and Mix, which means that how about this? Just just shit talk each <laughs> We already know why your teams are good. That is we true, know why yeah. your teams are good now. So, so this is the hype to... content that happens right before, right? Like Mix and I are like the managers slash coaches of each one of our rosters, yeah, you, right? And we're the ones who are going Henry head G. To head. Yeah, okay. You need to be the Henry G of your rosters right now. Well, that so, means uh, I'm instantly better because, for one, I don't have a long-term career in this industry. And for another, uh, well, I mean, Mix had a past experience with Henry G. All I have to do is be like, you want to buy some NFTs? And Mix instantly gets shell-shocked, <laughs> PTSD. Oh, my God. One of the worst There's a lot of trauma when you say that, <laughs> yeah. actually. So, you know, that's just it. I mean, just look at my roster. Look at the top pick there, Kerrigan. Look at the all-caps man underneath him, Yakinder. I mean, these two have such a good positive attitude, anti-choke at this point, that it doesn't matter how unproven or shaky Spinks might be, which I think is overblown anyway. The guy's a legend. And then it doesn't matter that Rops and Brokey maybe had a, a not a great collection alone or maybe not be the most t typical traditional players in their roles just look at the success phase has had and now imagine players who might not actually be entirely better role for role pound for pound it's more that they uh, allow kerrigan to specialize even further like maui snake said he made some of my points for me about the map pool and then we come to mix leadership a disaster. I mean, imagine Electronic without Blade. <laughs> imagine Nico without, well, I guess you can't imagine Nico regardless because it's it's Nico. Breadhead himself is definitely going to be baking something, and it's definitely going to be Electronic's career, I'll tell you without much. You know, Shush, I like how, by the way, I'm the first person on this whole panel to say Shush's name since Mix picked him. Nobody else commented on it, even when Mix and Maui's take were both talking yeah, about Shush. Yeah, that's why he's perfect. That's why he's <laughs> Nobody perfect. said, Mix is like, yeah, look at my team, and went down the first four and then completely forgot about Shush, and nobody else brought him up, so that's good. I, I'll, I'll give him a shout out, a little bit more support than he's getting from his own GM over there. And then, yeah, I mean, Shiro, uh, tough luck, buddy, but you're on C9, I think you'll be okay, and, and that's it. That's my... My few words. All right. So first of all, let's point out that by far the worst player in the server. Okay. At the end of the day, like you got to like headshot people, right? And the worst person in the server, not even close at doing this is going to be Kerrigan. 
okay, this guy is just it's just a bot sometimes, let's be real. You know, sometimes this guy's like 5 and 20, can't buy a kill. Okay, just an utter fucking disaster. And let's talk about these players' performances at Cologne. Okay, Yakindar finished with a 1.05 rating. Okay, this guy... This guy finished with a negative three KD, and you're telling me this is your, this is your absolute just star player. Yes. You know this is this is this is how it's gonna work. And then who else do you got? You got Spinks, unproven. The the, the one events, Ents made finals or whatever. Okay, he wasn't even fucking there. Okay, they replaced him with Snacks, and they had their best event. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 keep that in mind here. Yeah, he was hungry. And then, dude. and then you know, Brokey and Rops, I think are both pretty good. Rops was was pretty meh. At the at Cologne, that wasn't wasn't incredible, but Brokey, I'll give it to you. Brokey's pretty good. But the thing is, your best player is still the second best at his role in the server. He's not he's not as good as Shiro, so he's being outclassed by Shiro. Okay, I've got Electronic, the guy that's been he's been building into this IGL role for his entire career. This is what he's made for. He is built for this. He's gonna do it well, especially if a team like this. He can't go wrong. Okay, he can do whatever he's doing with twists on the side of the map, taking map control. You know, you're. You're on your CT side, you got your setup coming, and then you got utility coming in, and you got gunfights coming in from electronic and twists. You know, you just, a lot of the time, you're just not winning that. And then you got Nico just taking advantage of that. And then just to fill all the spots around my team to make sure that my three riflers, electronic, Nico, and twists, are as comfortable as possible. You have Shush from Heroic, one of the best role players in the world. I don't know. You know, it's just, where's, where's the weak spot? Well, I will say that because you commented Spinks being unproven, you at least know his name, which I was convinced you didn't know Shush's name until just recently. So and he's, he's on been your around team. for like two years, <laughs> over two years yeah. doing the shit. Yeah. Well, over two years, but check his check his rating at Cologne. Check his uh, 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 lower rating than Kerrigan. Lower rating than Kerrigan. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more. I wanted to talk about the Yakinder point. You realize what Yakinder was doing at this event, right, Josh? He, he was doing. What NA always dreamed of doing, finally making a playoff set Cologne, you know, with this liquid roster that hasn't been there for so long. And just imagine the idea. The, 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 the Cologne before this that had fans was literally won by Liquid. They won the Grand Slam. That was a long time ago, right? It was a long time ago. And since then, they haven't been able to replicate it. Yeah, don't, don't matter that there wasn't another one since then. Just think about the fact that they haven't been able to replicate it in over two years. I mean... Jeez, come on, NA. Come on, NA. You're better than this. And I'll, I'll have my last point. Kerrigan and Twists have history, right? They're on the same team right now. Think about who the more cerebral player is. Yes, Twists did have that one match against Liquid after the transfer where with the information fed to Kerrigan, he was able to instantaneously, they were basically like 16-0 them or something like that. It was crazy, crazy sights on Nuke. But try doing that to Electronic. Electronic will just stare at you and go, What? And then Kerrigan, on the other hand, he'll have Twist dialed into a T. Unless Twist completely reinvents his game, there's pretty much no way Kerrigan doesn't know how to inform the rest of his team how to deal with that. That's one of your players neutralized. Nico but and Electronic see, will take see. care of themselves just with the infighting. And Shush and Shiro, I mean, uh, emphasis on Shush, they'll be quiet. So, see, it'll be fine because, you know, Electronic, he's been, what, calling for like a month now? Like, if that. And yeah, in his calling, like second event calling, calling, reading off of the paper. And his calling. second event, he already goes toe to toe with Kerrigan. Okay, and almost beats this guy as they're as they're as with a new player, with a new fifth, and some die young. You know, this guy didn't do too well to Cologne. And yet despite this, in a best of five, he still almost he didn't quite, but he did almost outcall Kerrigan and won a final, just like that. So uh, you know, he's already proven that, you know, 
the, the potential is there for Electronic to be one of the best IGLs in the world. I'm taking a bit of a chance, but in that chance, I have one of the best riflers in the world as my IGL, taking the space, getting the frags, doing whatever he needs to do. All right, well, all I'm just saying is your your famous caller got two-bulleted in the head by Twist himself to lose that grand final in five. I think that might carry over a little bit of karmic debt there, and I think he might be uh, not so happy about Twist being on his team. That might just be another side of, size of infighting. Just saying, just saying, could happen, could happen. So, so one thing I wanted to say I, that I totally forgot when I was going up against Pernogo is that Sphinx and Rops have a bit of a role overlap too on T-side. So I think that, that could be a little issue there too. I trust Kerrigan will be able to neutralize any role overlaps. This guy got JKS to a grand final. <laughs> reasonable. Kind of true. Um, All right. I, 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 I'm kind of like thinking about this in a couple different ways where I do that like player v player thing. And I think Mix wins on almost every front. Like yes. IGL v IGL. It's pretty obvious. Entry fragger versus entry fragger. If you put like Nico versus Yakindar or something like that. It's it's kind of not even close, or even electronic versus Kindar is still edging for mix. Then you put like that late round player, and maybe you do twist versus Sphinx or twist versus Rops, and I think twist generally has more impact. Or but then Shush is where mix lineup falls off a little bit. Yeah. But but I think op v op, I think Shiro is better than Brokey at uh, right now. Depends uh, on the style you're going for, right? Brokey's very different with the way that he, he gets his impact. Mostly closer range stuff, in my experience watching him, than the more traditional long range, just uh, tripwire angles. So, it really depends yeah. on how you use him. It allows him to be specialist on maps like Ancient, right? Which, by the way, should be removed from the map pool. Completely <laughs> separate argument, but, you know. <laughs> different different point. Uh, I, I, I do think that there's something to be said about having a real IGL, though, for having Kerrigan over Electronic. That's where that's where I think Pernogo's lineup kind of wins, but it's not it's just one facet right now. It's not it's not I'm not saying he's winning. I'm saying that if I have to think about like what team on paper do I think is going to win a tournament tomorrow better? Probably Mix. What team do I think will actually probably sustain success for longer? Probably Pernogo's. And I don't know and I think because this is a tournament that we're just playing against each other I think I might just I might just give this to Mix right now. All I'll uh, say is you remember when Kerrigan almost got envy to the major. This is NA envy we're talking about. But, 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 but he didn't. didn't. <laughs> but listen, he almost did. And that's that's a miracle unto itself that they were even in contention. If you guys remember that Hastro lineup, dude. Ooh, man, what what money was that guy paying for Nifty? Do we still not know? Do we know? Do we is there any information? Like JDM, Cutler, Drone, um I forgot who the fifth was on that team. Was it Nifty? It was Nifty, was and, then, Nifty? and then and then Nifty and Kerrigan. Um, no, 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 they they dropped. Um, I think. Oh, so this is a this is a sideshow. One this, of their players. This has nothing to do know, with it. Was Nifty, it was Nifty, JDM, Kerrigan, Drone, and Cutler. There you go. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a only a, a sideshow if it, I'm not right, but I was right, so it's totally relevant to the point that I was making, which is that Kerrigan can take any roster and win you a tournament tomorrow. He's famous for being known as the guy who could just immediately adapt. You think JKS was pracking with them when they went on that miracle run themselves when Rain had to get subbed out? I'm just saying, like, Electronic reads stuff off of a note card prepared by Blade, who's not in this roster. I don't know that he can realistically go up toe-to-toe -to -toe against Kerrigan unless they already that. have everything prepared beforehand, which I don't think is in the cards for this. 
But do you know that for a fact that he's just reading off a card that Blame F? Uh, sorry, Blame F. <laughs> Blade has for him. Well, after they their strats got leaked, kind of yeah, kind of <laughs> it kind of <laughs> called out opening setups. And then the thing is that that obviously they have to mid round. So when I, I look Kerrigan's at, got to do everything though, and he can. He's proven it. I think I think for mid rounding voices, you have Electronic and Nico on Mix's team, whereas Pronogos has like. Three guys in Kerrigan, Yukinder, and Rops can all help a lot in that respect. Um, oh man, it's really tough. I, okay. I I personally am actually leaning towards Pernogas a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think to your to your original point, yes, the the one to one draws between Mix and Pernogas. I would lean towards uh, Mix in most. In terms of like player okay, to player, but I think thing. overall, here's all I have to do on this team. Here's all I have to do. Okay, I just gotta get Mirage. I just have to draw the rotates to mid, and then I can just go be on Kerrigan every single round and win every time. <laughs> just, just targeting Kerrigan as an individual. Um, I think, yes. I think for Pernogo's lineup, it meshes better together as a whole in the sense that I think. I give Kerrigan the edge and pedigree as an IGL over Electronic, and we also don't have to like speculate as to whether there would be the impact there as an IGL without Blade. Um, so I think Kerrigan has already proven he can kind of go into any team and just set it up to be a contender. And I think the fact that he already has three phase players in this lineup, plus Yakinder and Sphinx, kind of just gives me the edge that he could he could easily convert that and make Yakinder and Sphinx have like considerable impact in this lineup as it is. So I think for me, I edge it towards Pernogo, but just barely, not not by a ton. I would say if this is a, a grand final, it'd be like three one for Pernogo and like two of the maps like there'd be like an overtime in there and like a sixteen fourteen kind of kind of deal. Uh, okay, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think we need Twitch chat on this one. I'm gonna go with Pronogo also. Wow. I'm going with Pronogo. When Electronic lineup. becomes one of the best IGLs in the world, the best IGL in the world, and then we come back and I will be vindicated for choosing Electronic in this moment. And we will know <laughs> well, that my team, what a fucking slap. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's a discussion for another day because Pronogo's lineup is the champion of the inaugural It's Server Time Fantasy Post Tournament Draft. We got to work on that name a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mouthful there, but uh, yeah, Pronogo, what do you have to say as the victor here of of this of the tournament? Uh, it was more hype when Kerrigan did it, but we fucking did it in here. You know what I'm saying? So that was the major. Okay, he remembers? That no, was- I didn't watch that tournament. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, thanks to Twitch chat, by the way. That's my other sign-off. If we have to do shout-outs, it's shout-out Twitch chat and shout-out OC for not being on any of these. Yeah, okay. I want to put a couple things forward that I found were pretty interesting about these drafts. One, we didn't pick a single Moby Star Riders player. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where's the respect? Where's the respect for those guys? And I think we know we don't have it yet. Um, also, we didn't put any Mouse players yeah. uh, in this. And, and I, I thought that Realistically, I feel like Torji was the only player that would have had a yeah. chance in there. Yeah, I, I think I think Torzi would have been an interesting pick, but when you have the oppers that we have, the only opper that I would see maybe doing better him doing better than is Brokey. But like 
with with Pernogo having the phase synergy going into that, it's kind of hard to just pick Torzi over Brokey. Uh, but if if let's say he was down to a Shiro slash Torzi pick, and you needed a more aggressive player, you you could definitely have gone for Torzi there. So uh, you would go Torzi over Monacy or OC or James? See, not really, but yeah, but but like just so far of... down the pecking order in, in offers. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. It's I thought about Monacy for Brokey instead, but I went for Brokey just because you know, all the proven stuff, right? And I guess that helped me out because that was one of the key reasons why the panel decided to go with my team, although just barely. Maybe Monacy would have won hearts and minds even more, but it felt like a risk. Yeah, I just think, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really. I mean, they're pretty similar, actually, like in mm-hmm. terms of where I see them right now. I think. Just like, yeah, just kind of like the team success. I, I still, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really, if you guys had to pick one between Monacy and Torzi today, I think Monacy has been doing it for more tournaments straight yep. and Torzi yep. kind of just had a breakout tournament. So I don't really, I can't like, I guess the form at Cologne, if, if we're being hyper specific is edges to Torzi, but I pick Monacy still. So yeah. Um, okay. Do we, okay, wait, do we have Patreon questions? I will have to answer that question as soon as I find out. Okay, you figure that out. And then let's... Okay, what are some other... There were some other things I thought about when I looked at these. Um, let me look at some of these players. Okay, okay, so like, actually, there was a couple... One one point that I think is maybe worth making is maybe draft strategy or also like maybe just a rule we should have in the future where you can't pick three players from the same team. Cause I think it's too easy yeah. to visualize how yeah. good Pernogo's team is just Probably. because he got three, but also this could be like our fault for letting him get these players. But I also like, I don't know. None of us were really going to take like rain or Rops really. I like, could have taken Rops I mean, instead of Nav. I mean, I mean rain or Brokey is what I meant, I meant to say, but yeah. 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 So I, yeah. I agree with that though. I think not picking more than two three. players from the same team makes yeah, sense. Yeah, three is a lot. So yeah. I think that's okay. Next time we do this, if we do it again, is gonna I'm gonna make sure we follow that rule. Um also I don't think we picked uh, a single Brazilian player. So why do we hate Brazil is another <laughs> it's another factoid here. That's something to consider. Iserato like, is on my list of star riflers, but I mean that yes. just didn't make sense to pick over who I had already. So yeah, he was. Like, I'm not be picking Casarado over Elise right now. He was going to be a closer rifler for me. Uh, yeah, but then I got Blame F, and I think that's kind of hard to argue with today. So yeah, for what else? I think those are like the main main things I noticed. Um, just no mount, no. no no Mao's and no Movie Star players is just the, probably the strangest thing to me, though. But it makes sense. So, okay, we have the Patreon questions ready. We can get into these. We have three, and then we'll do shoutouts, and then we'll be finito with this. Uh, okay. Actually, you know what? We actually we we have we have more time than I thought in terms of in terms of all this. Let's do the Patreon questions first, and then let's do like if you have any other thoughts about Cologne. That gets stimulated during this. Let's just talk about them briefly because we we do have a little bit more time than I thought. Uh, the draft didn't take as long as I would have. I figured it would have. So first, Patreon question. 
is from Fursock, and he says, What is your criteria for someone being a superstar as opposed to just a star player? How many superstars would you say there are in the world? Uh, it's a tough one. I mean, it is actually a pretty tough one. I think superstars are... So conversely to stars, I think superstars are just ones that can shine regardless of like the situation they're in. Like they don't necessarily need anybody to set them up for something. They're also like individually and so they're mechanically and um, mentally just gifted in that sense. Like simple Zewu are absolutely superstars. Device, I would say, was a superstar. Um, but outside of that, like that's that's kind of like when you get past that, that's where you start getting a little bit more hairy in terms of where you want to draw that line. I think for me, superstar is like I would almost say it's overused in the yeah. way people use it um, to describe teams. I think there's a lot of star players for teams, but superstar, like by definition, by the name, has to be something that exceptionally stands out among the mean. And you can't have a superstar on every team. Like teams right. have two star players, but a superstar is like, like a LeBron. Like it's somebody who stands super far out from the from the mean. And I don't think that like a lot of teams don't have superstar players. Agreed. Yeah, ag- agreed. I, I'd say that a, a superstar more or less transcends what like every team by design of the team practically speaking has a star player um yes. even even if they are not even if they're not like regarded as people would say they're a star like beyond their team like dumao is the star of zero zero nation by design of how that team works he's kind of this closer lato and a couple other people like will will run in before him and then he gets to be this closer in a very favorable situation for himself it makes what he's doing is obviously very valuable, but his job looks easier because the team designs itself to make his job what it is. And Superstar, I think you already said, kind of like, there's only... I, I'll answer like kind of the last part of it for Sox's question where he says, how many Superstars would you say there are in the world? I'd say less than less than eight. Probably less yes. than eight. Um, and if I had to name them, I, I would probably say like Simple is one. Uh, I would say that... Axile might be in is it's kind of approaching that, but I don't know. Yeah, that's he's like on the fence for me. He's a fringe case, or yeah, he's he's an edge one right now. Zaiwu definitely is. Nico, Uh, Nico is. Um, maybe there's less than six. Maybe there's less. Maybe there's only like five ish or something. Aliege, yes. I would. I would have said Aliege. I would have said Aliege like before. I I felt like he didn't. ah, No, I might still put him there. It's kind of like longevity in the role is important, I'd say. And and Elige, I think, has attained enough status. Also, there's a little bit of narrative in this. There's a, like you can't just be like where where Axile and Shiro don't reach superstardom for me is kind of the lack of I'd say some ways narrative in terms of like their impact and and that's not that's not actually just narrative it's like literally what they're doing in the game and accomplishing all the time cuz statistically they're superstars but in terms of like carrying a game putting it on their back and doing it in multiple tournaments i've only really seen that from axile now at dallas where he really put the team on his back in some super tight games whereas i've seen elige do it actually a handful of times now so i probably would put elige there 
Uh, Honestly, that might be it. Like just yeah, everybody else is a bit too new. Games right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to include like electronic or bit yeah, or electronic would have would have been, but I I think bit not doesn't have the longevity yet. Where I'd say yeah. he's a superstar. I agreed. Other like, than that, yeah, I mean, like device, I think would count. But yeah, device would have counted. Like, who yeah. knows where he's where he is right now? Device definitely would have been a guy I would have put on this list. Uh, people that I think are kind of fringe. Like, will be there soon. And this is me even dropping my bias. I think Rops is right there. I think he's pretty close, but I wouldn't put him yet as a superstar. I'd say that Axel, Shiro are right there. I think Spinks right there. No, actually, Spinks doesn't really have the longevity for me. Yeah, he's still a bit too new. Maybe if Yakinder was, uh, like, if if he comes back up in form, he might actually start to be on on that fringe case, too, I would say. He's got a harder job rating-wise, but... I think he delivers on it, so it's a possibility for me. Yeah. Uh, other fringe players for me, like Brolin slash... Brolin or Rez, like, in a while could be, but, like, they're not there yet. Uh, Yuri slash Cave Serato again, like, yeah. they're not... They're stars, but they're not superstars. Uh, in a weird way, Tapson is kind of... is kind of approach... has kind of like gotten to a point where it's like it's so hard to give him like a superstar status even though i'd say in a lot of ways him and Serson are the stars of that team yeah but like it's just like we know his role in in some ways kerrigan is actually a superstar actually when i really really think about it it's just the value he provides is so obvious but because of his role and his stats it's very hard to like want to consider him as a superstar but i think I think if I lean really hard narrative-wise, he is a superstar for me. Like, all narrative, not in terms of output, but... I mean, that depends on your definition of superstar, though. Yeah. I feel like that's not necessarily accurate. Like, I would I would put Kerrigan more in, like... I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but I would say, like, he's... I don't know what word to use for it, so, like, I'll just yeah. use the word, like, legend in that yeah. sense. Like, like it's he's not... A superstar, but he's one of like very few players who provides way more impact in what he does than anybody else in the world. And I, I don't think I think superstar for me is like a very specific term as yeah. to like somebody's impact. Um, and for me, that impact has to be individual as well. Like it can't be, it can't solely be like what they bring because I think that has a different definition behind it. But I, I agree with you in the sense that Kerrigan is not in the same tier as, like, most other players. Like, he should have... He and, like, a select few other players should have, like, their own kind of um, named yeah. group. Yeah. It, it's like, okay, Kerrigan and some of the people we just mentioned would be Hall of Fame players. Yes. But that, yeah, it's, a very, it's different than saying... Not everybody... Actually, pretty much everybody in the Hall of Fame would be a superstar, but, like... This is like how Counter Strike can be different than other sports or games. It's just like we know his impact is so great. Yeah. Okay. I think we've answered that one pretty strongly. Unless anybody else have anything, Dad? No. All right. We're good. Adam asks, "Who is your favorite classic NA ESEA Pro League team, and why is it Wabbit with the three sup boys?" I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who Wabbit with the three sup. Um, okay, I'm gonna look at some older I do remember seasons. That. Oh, really? I do remember a Wabbit. I mean, I used to watch yeah, I have to look at some 
I have to look at well, some team, older ESEA seasons here. The team that always sticks out to me during a question like this is either um that like elevate team that didn't last very long. That was like XP3, oh, yeah. Storm, Roka Rush, and Leash. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. Enemy with Kusta. Okay. That's another fun one. Yeah. Those are pretty strong. ESCA invite. Um When was when were they calling it ESCA invite? Or does he mean like the teams that made it through? ESCA invite was like CS Source, wasn't it? Do they really call it? Um, CSGO as well. Oh, it was okay. invite for a while, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was? Until like 2015 or so, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. But also, I feel uh, like even 2015 is kind of classic at this point. Yeah, okay, I guess you're right. Uh, well, I'm not really sure. Okay, if I just look at like Premiere Season 22. Oh, that's 2016, though. Yeah, uh, I was also looking at 22, but... What is the oldest? I mean, there's Muffin Lightning for the name, like... That's a that's a well, vintage. That's, that one's that one's always just the fucking best one, right? Because they had the um the North American miner at the yeah, Eli huh. Studios that year. So you saw like the muffin lightning on though with like the Eli Manning face on it. And, oh, like, okay. the Eli Studio. <laughs> and it was just oh, okay. the most absurd thing. Okay, I found I found a season of it. I found ESCA season thirteen invite. Okay, when we when we look oh, at when goodness. I look at some of these lineups, okay, I'm starting to remember some of these some of these teams. Um you had like Mouth Spaz, the like Cutler lineup with FNS and Mainline. Um yeah, this Quantic team with Days, Frost, Hiko, TCK, Semphis. I think that's I think that one's pretty pretty legendary, honestly. What would they become later? They they become complexity, so that that might be up there for like one of the most impactful all time ones, and uh, then you had like Team Dynamic, which was a Dran Volcano, Nothing Swag, AZK. That team was I think always worse than the complexity lineup, which is why they picked up Swag from Dynamic and then they replaced. Wait, what? Hear me out though. High Rollers Gaming with the core of Warden Summit and NAF. <laughs> Arden Summit and Nav. I like that that's a yes. that's one of those teams where it's like, did that really exist? But as as you've confirmed it does. So uh yeah. Okay, I, I mean I would probably oh, go with shit. like Quantic then. Yeah, I think that's a kind of a crazy one to think about. Just in terms of like I remember even watching some of the games and what they did and like they would like because the mollies had like infinite travel time where it just wouldn't blow up in the air. They would like molly the top of long uh, pit on dust two so that they could kind of know the guy wouldn't go into pit as they did their early long takes because they could throw the molly right from spawn or so, apparently. So I remember like I, I, I don't know. That's one of the few tactics I remember of teams from that long ago. So that's that's going to be my pick on that. All right. Bill is asking. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm just going to say my favorite. My, my favorite team would have to be the the sore lineup, like the old sore lineup. Um, Who's on that? The it was Snakes Grim. Oh, okay. uh, I think it was Snakes Grim MCE. This was Snakes Grim Voltage MCE. Yeah. Yeah, Voltage MCE, and then I don't remember who the fifth was. No, MCE was a player. Time. Yeah, yeah, but that that was four Snakes, people. No, Grim Voltage MCE. MCE. Oh, NXE. Yeah, NXE. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Ex-sleep. Possibly. Ex. <laughs> this is so fucked up. <laughs> Why'd you have to do it like that? Because he fell asleep. No one, I mean, no one forced him yeah. to do that. True. That's one of those mistakes where it's like, it's not like it's it's someone he made a. It's not like it was a decision. It's not like someone externally necessarily pushed him to that. You know, like he just took a nap, <laughs> and it was yeah. relayed to me that he just decided, "Hey guys, I know our match is in a couple hours. But I'm gonna take a nap first. Yeah, like, that's I I heard the same thing, word for word, pretty much. So it's not like. I don't feel like I'm doing him dirty, but okay. Bill asks, so Navi's nuke strats were leaked recently from a photo. What do we think? Simple responded and said, there's nothing special in these papers. Thoughts? Of course, Simple would say that. You have to say that if your strats get leaked. It's like reflexive and compulsory. Just try to make it so that nobody's going to look at that and say, oh, this is actually valuable. Of course, it's kind of like, there's not really a point in saying it in a way. Like, I understand why Simple said it. But if there is actually something there, then people will have already data mined it and gone back in like demos and said like, oh, did they call this strat ever? That's like written on this piece of paper. And I'm pretty sure people found some stuff. So probably not nothing. then. But unfortunate that it got leaked, uh, but at least it was like towards the tail end of the season. Right. And so its impact will have been minimal. I guess they can't really they have to be maybe a bit more judicious on using those strats in the future when they come back from the break. But. Besides that, I think I, people will have put it out of their mind by then. I like I get the the like fact that their strats were leaked in that sense, but I don't think that it has that much of an impact. Yeah. In the sense that if you go and look at the person who translated everything into English, um, there's a post where somebody did that and all the strats were there. And a lot of the stuff was just stuff you could get from watching the demo. Yeah. Like it's it, it's essentially like the same kind of thing that any analyst would kind of like. If you watch a demo of Navi playing Nuke, a lot of the stuff that was written down on there is like stuff that you'd just write down that you see them do. Like SDY goes and spans like mini uh, while Electronic goes outside and throws the smoke. Like that's that's like it's not super complicated. It is in the. The, it does suck in the sense that, like, yes, it's a little bit easier to kind of, like, have it all there, but it also happened, like, at a at a less impactful time overall for for them. And also, Navi are a team that do shift their strap book a lot tournament to tournament. So in terms of, like, the teams it could have affected, it's probably, like, a decent case that it was them out of everyone. Um... But yeah, I think, like, obviously it sucks to have your shots leaked like that, but get a notebook, please. Like, <laughs> like these players are getting photographed by everybody. Like, yeah, if you highlight it out there on top of your table and there's pho- the photographers taking pictures, inevitably it's going to happen, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, that's an interesting angle. I wonder also, if they'll start grabbing, like, stuff to put on top of the papers now while they're Also, to, to note, like, there have been... Uh, times where there have been papers on the table like this, um, but a uh, part of the reason that they got leaked this time is that uh, both of the photographers HLTV had at uh, Cologne got new cameras, so they were much more high quality photos that were coming out uh, with better light balancing. So like before, when we'd taken photos, uh, the picture, like the actual text, didn't get picked up that well. But now that the what they have is just so good that it's able to like you can zoom in and just flip it and read everything 
Camera's so, too good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Also, from my perspective, I would say it doesn't really matter that much, especially like now that you're going into player break, Navi's gonna have time to like when they come back, like change yep. things around. If you like tried to like master these strats or something to like anti-strat them, you'd probably just get hit with things that look similar, and then they just do something else, and you're kind yeah. of just fucking yourself over more than anything. So, doesn't help. That doesn't help too much. Yeah, if, if this were released in the middle of the tournament, or yes. even even like the day or two before the grand finals, that's when it's really awkward for for Navi because then they either decide we can just run these strats, even though it literally kind of gives tells like it says on some of them, like simple smokes the door for us and he flashes to check outside or like there there's just particular smoke protocols that then become very easy for teams to pick up on. And there's a diff there's this is kind of unfortunate truth about this stuff, but like mix if, if you're the analyst for a team and you say, guys, when they smoke this, it means this that like some of the players honestly will just be like, yeah, that's great, Mix. Thanks fucking, thanks a lot, dude. But, but yeah. then if they're like, wait, this is on Blade's strat book, then they'll be like, oh, guys, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Like, this matters now. And it's like, it, it actually yeah. gives, in a weird way, it gives a bigger leg up. And and I'm sure pro teams do care about what their analyst says. But I also know they kind of don't sometimes because analysts will put together pages and pages of anti-strat material that after a while you're like, just give me the key points, and if you get the key points from their opposing team strap book, that's where it fucks fucks everybody yeah, up. Yeah, for me, it's like it's more just about like building up a like like a vision so that you kind of know what to expect to like some extent, and you can just make better natural decisions off of that. And then like every now and then there might be a tell where you're like, okay, we should actually like specifically do like this rotation or this reaction to something. But a lot of the time, it's just yeah, like just be aware of this. You don't necessarily have to do anything a certain way, but. A lot of times, just like if you know about something and you just like have an understanding of it, you know, naturally you'll just like kind of rotate better and play off each other better, be on the same page more, that type of thing. Yeah, I will say two. Um, I don't want to say benefits, but I, I think like two positive sides of this is that a the community gets to actually see exactly what because like you always see on stream these page like a lot of coaches, a lot of teams have these papers and like notebooks that they're walking around with. And obviously, like, they're kept very hidden, but I think, like, getting a sneak peek into, like, what a top team actually has written down is, like, uh, it's just, like, a cool thing for the community to be able to see, like, for once. Because um, obviously, like, you hear a lot of people talk about strap books, but you don't, you, like, uh, for obvious reasons, you don't get to see it. So I think having that come out once is, is kind of interesting from that side. Um, it also... Like the the fact that it happened at a less impactful time is important because like now now we know like yeah. not to leave their papers on the table like mid tournament like that, uh like maybe they'll get a notebook or whatever or something to cover it. Um, I had one other point, but now I forgot. So take well, it away. I have a question, which is, at what point like, I kind of view the the blade notebook or or blade stack of papers being handed out and just left on the table while the pros are playing as like a weird way to sidestep the fact that coaches can't talk until there's a timeout which is fine 
Except if the spirit was to stop teams, like the, obviously the spirit of the rule is stupid and we all know it because it's just Valve saying like, oh, some people won't have access to coaches and that means that they'll be at a disadvantage. It's like, yeah, well, some people have access to worse coaches than, or better coaches. Like it's yeah. the, the whole thing is incoherent as an argument. But if we're going to say that that's why we're following this rule spiritually, like that's the spirit of the rule, then surely having a sidestep where the coach basically downloads their brain onto a piece of paper that everybody else can read at any time during freeze time, um, it feels like they're just sidestepping it. And I don't know, I'm not saying this as like a way to decry Navi specifically. I'm just saying like, either we're going to see everybody start to do this or more people start to adopt the system or there's going to be a rule, right? Like, I mean, Navi are the only thing to do that though. Like the thing is, you can do that without a coach. You still like yes. are gonna have stretch. You know, you don't have a coach as a yeah. team. The main thing that that like the coaching IGL thing was like big on is just being able to call mid round. I feel like it's like even like freeze time. I feel like it'd be nice to have the coach to be able to talk, but obviously yeah. they never want to do that. But like it's specifically in the mid round, and even if like you have like all these all this like stuff like laid out in terms of like what's supposed to happen in the round, when you have guys like simple and electronic, like they're gonna have a pretty easy time like adjusting it and like you know changing it up. Kind of like how they have to rotate, how they have to rotate everything. So you can't really just like think for everyone by like putting everything sure, on yeah. a piece of paper. Yeah. Well, I wasn't saying it would work in the mid round. It's more that like this sidesteps yeah. the lack of freeze time communication in a way where it's still wrote like it's literally on the piece of paper. It's not going to be reflexive and adaptive to what happens happened in the game. That's why you rely on those mid rounds or those timeouts. But yeah. that's tough because you still can. Like a lot of it is also calling things at the right time. Like I can, you can, I can have like ten strats, and I can like run those same strats for a while. Because even if another team knows about every single strat, if I structure them the right way and I have like the right timings and the right utility, Absolutely. like they're not gonna know what to expect and like when to actually expect it. So it's more of this like I feel like if you can't call that in freeze time, it still is like not really making that much of a difference, just because you know you can only script, you know you can script rounds, and I'm sure some teams do that. Um, you know, you strip like your first three rounds, like your first gun round before, you know, like what you're gonna do, maybe even like your second gun round. But after like a certain point, you kind of just can't really do that anymore because the game is just adapting too much and if you're trying to stick to something, you're just not like maybe adapting in the right way, or whatever. So yeah, I can see why I I could still see Valve just being like, No, you don't you're not allowed to have strats on a paper in front of you. That's, yeah, well, it just it anymore. feels silly. Like, <laughs> I, I do wish we had just gotten past that and said, like, okay, coaches can also talk during freeze time or whatever. But like, and then this wouldn't be as much of a problem. But it does. It feels weird because it, it, in my head, the reason Valve has done this is partially because of that silly thing about some teams won't have coaches and partially because coaches were having too much of an impact on the game itself and they wanted to be restricted to timeouts. But they're not restricted to timeouts if they can essentially have these pieces of paper. I mean, they also are aren't just you're, coaches, you're, that's stuff that's prepped before the game. So, I mean, yeah. you are restricted to timeouts, though. Like, uh, what's not, like, it depends the thing on is, what's like, on the paper, and it depends on how well drilled they are. And yeah, that is technically outside preparation. But, but I'm just wondering at what point. Before the match. Yeah, but at what like, point it, do we draw the line and say, like, this is exactly how far you can go in terms of out of game things affecting the game? And the paper isn't well, in the just, game, obviously. You you either ban the paper across the board or you don't. But yeah. the, the thing is that like you have teams who don't have coaches who also have strap books like that. Sure. And they have physical books or like physical notepads like that. So like it's it's not something that's only done by coaches. And a lot of the times like IGLs will work with their coaches to like come up with those strap books. Yeah. So to me, like it's not really like a coach thing exclusively or or necessarily even like close to seventy percent or whatever. Like I think 
having playbooks on the on the table like that, whether it be like done by the coach or not, is just a net benefit to like us as viewers. I don't no, I'm, think not, it I'm takes not arguing away against it. I'm just game or anything. I'm more so concerned about Valve bringing the hammer down as they have been uh, against things that they perceive to be related to being coaches. I mean, it's a little bit easier to make that argument when they're literally just like celebrating in the background, and that's now no longer allowed at, at Valve events or whatever. But you get what I'm saying is that like if the yeah. biggest example of this happening at Tier One is Navi with Blade, then you, people are going to be. It's easy for them to draw conclusions that this is downstream of the coach and therefore might need to be removed. It's not really related. To the patreon question but i was just curious about what people thought about it uh, i just want to talk about cologne or do you want to <laughs> yeah. um... uh, let well i don't know that was kind of I, I i wait what is your what was your essential question with that really quick just how uh, do we think that the strap books on top of the desk next to the keyboards and stuff are a lasting feature or if they're going to be removed or oh, I, oh okay, yeah, yeah yeah right 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 uh i would hope it is because i think it just takes some of the i mean it, it adds more to preparation it probably adds to even higher tier counter-strike being played uh but i understand how valve has you know laid laid down law on being anti-coach before and this seems like a nice workaround that i almost kind of just hope valve's not paying attention enough to that they're gonna they're gonna do anything negative to it so that's that's where i'm where i'm at with that um let's let's just see okay basically i only wanted to bring up cologne because i actually got to meet pie thrower for the first time and uh just wanted to give him and maybe this is actually intertwined with my shout out that uh it's pretty pretty entertaining to be around so great guy uh, shouts out shouts out have you you guys haven't you guys haven't met him have you have i you have him? oh yeah, yeah i met him twice okay Where, where'd you meet him uh fragadelphia was last time i think frag 15 okay yeah he's a really nice really really good guy yeah either way it's usually nice to just see na folk um, he is also as funny in person as he is on twitter yeah, he's pretty. He was pretty. It was. We were. We were just cracking jokes back and forth pretty constantly. Yeah. Um. That's that's my cologne story. No, actually, I'll I'll give you guys just like a little feel of what it was like. This was basically like an event that was like a major. By the way, like this was this is like people are not really kidding when they say cologne is like, you know, just one of the prestige events of the year. I didn't. I wasn't there for the Katowice playoffs. People told me the crowd was not as good, but that cologne crowd pretty much matched what they had at the major with the exception that the major was almost like a convention or like a fair in that in that anywhere we went in Antwerp during the major was just packed with fans there were so yeah. many people out and about where I don't know why but in Cologne it didn't have that exact same feeling where when we walked around, I think it's kind of like this where we were in Cologne was basically like kind of isolated. Like the, the hotel we were at was a little bit far away from everything. Whereas at the major, we, our hotel was right there at the city square center. And so there's reason for fans to be there beyond just to be near our hotel. So the major had more of like a fanatic type of feeling, not, not the team, but like the, you know, the vibe, the atmosphere yeah. was very ultra, very fanatic style, but the cologne, once you're out of the arena, it didn't necessarily feel like you were, in the midst of it anymore whereas the major did so that's kind of my comment but like there were still like 
12, 14,000 or something people in the Lanxus arena, and the major had something like a similar 18 to 20,000 people in the arena, apparently, from, from numbers that I've heard thrown around. So, yeah, this, like if you ever have a chance to go to a Cologne, and let's say you're like, oh, I want to go to like one CS event per year, I would pretty much just say any of the two majors and then Cologne. Um, I, I, I'd like want to rate Katowice that highly, but I just don't know. So I can't, I can't really tell you, but I, I hear it's, I hear it's good, but also people told me Cologne's even better. So yeah, just, just, just remarking upon that in case people are kind of like considering in the future what to do with their time. Why do you, why do you hate Poland, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I really don't. I like that when I'm there, I get no, to save I'm a lot of money. Kidding. I, uh. I yeah, Cologne and Katowice are two events I really want to go to at some point, so I think that's, uh, that's a good plug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, beyond that, let's do, let's do, let's wrap this up. Let's do some shout-outs. Mix, who is your shout-out? Um, I'm going to go OC winning the 1v3 with a rifle on Inferno. Oh my god. Yo, was that the, the highlight of the tournament? For me? Yeah, it might have been. I'd say it is. I'd say I'd yep. say it was. No, no I think was such a clean clutch. Well, such a clean. I think no, it was even is... better than the twist's clutch. Yeah. I think the twist one v three on overpass was not as not as good as um, the OC one. The OC one, like he had to do everything by himself there, whereas the twist one, kind of by the nature of the way that situation broke down, was a little bit easier. It was easy. It was easier. It was easier to play. Then, then the OC one, you li- he literally first bulleted all three of them. Like he, mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch it back yet in slow mo, but I am ninety percent certain every kill was first bullet. Maybe the last one was second bullet. So that's that was insane. Um, the only other uh, moment that comes close to the OC one for me is the, and I guess this will be my shout out since we're shouting out plays, is definitely the twists drop off Marshmallow to one bullet electronic. The fact that that, like, by itself, it just looks like electronic misplayed or just didn't hear for some other reason. But when you fa- add in the context where he had some comment, I can't remember where it was, it might have been HLTV confirmed, where he said that that's a legitimate strategy where they deliberately knew that he might be there. And if they do this way, they, he won't be able to hear the steps or something. When that count, when that extra context comes out, that's where it, what makes it like I like tactical CS. Obviously, I like the whole idea that you can anti strat at the top level and and in these like do or die moments where it's neck and neck and in grand finals, you know, crazy circumstances. That's when you bring it out and you surprise them. Th- that was what made the 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 whole event even sweeter for me. In that sense, is like okay, these guys they didn't just play mechanically well, which they did. They also really did understand their opponent and really did anti strat them to a successful oh. degree. So that was pretty good to me that strat is also called canada by the way by yeah. by phase yeah yeah oh, that's wow. close dropping top mini <laughs> that's fun uh no what 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 is your shout out then uh i don't have a shout out prepared today um you know what shout out me <laughs> follow me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> okay go. selfless plug all right Shameless, shameless, and selfless. Um, I guess I'll just shout out the player break. I'm enjoying this time a lot, actually. I just, yeah. Shouts out to having a player break, because CSPPA doesn't do a lot of great stuff, but it's nice to have a month off for all of our mental health, 
and so we can focus on other things going on in our lives. And uh, that's 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 kind of be it for me, actually. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think we have anything else to say. Shouts out to the patrons, I guess. On top of that, make sure to obviously subscribe on Patreon if you want to get some questions in. And for people that watch this on YouTube, give feedback on what you thought about this format, because this is just something I kind of threw out there. I had this idea last week and I was like, this would be kind of fun to do it. And we did it. And if you'd rather, if you'd rather get a normal recap show, say that if you rather this kind of show, sometimes say that too. Like, I want to hear the opinions. I want to hear why. If you just say we're shit, I'll probably block you. So (laughs) don't do that, you know? Uh, But if you say we're great, I'm going to leave that, even though there's no real difference in terms of uh, what kind of delivery you you exercise right there. That's going to be it, guys. That's going to be it. Let's get out of here. All right. Uh, Mix has got a Valorant team to coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will also say Fearsock has just recently upped his tier to legend. So thanks to him. Shout out to him. Oh, Shouts out first off. Yeah, yeah he's, a, I think, the longest time patron. Uh, I think him, Adam, and Bill are pretty much the guys that are, like, yeah. always there. Yeah. Uh, so so they're, they're our heroes. Shouts out peace. to all three of them. And uh, peace, guys. Peace. <laughs>